Coming up, we're talking last night's racing at Placerville. I've got a format rant, and we talk news from Eldora, the All-Stars, and Josh Richards. Let's go. Today is Friday, November 19th, 2021. Welcome into Dirt Tracker Daily. I'm Justin Fiedler. The Hangtown 100 weekend at Placerville Speedway is off and running with night one of three in the books. 47 cars took part last night, but there was one driver missing, and that was Chase Elliott. His car was on the property, but he didn't make it to California in time from the Charlotte Next Gen NASCAR test. The word is he will compete tonight and tomorrow. He's in a second entry for Kyle Larson this weekend. Speaking of Larson, he broke out a new flow racing paint scheme on his 1K last night, another very solid black beard design, and he had a matching fire suit and gloves to go along with it. Wasn't Larson's night, though, in the feature. He went 12th to 6, but was never a factor for the win. Out front, it was all young Ryan Timms in a Chad boat machine. He started second and led every lap of the feature. At one point, his lead was nearly four seconds over the field, but through lap traffic in the closing circuits, Ken and McIntosh ran him down. McIntosh could never really get close enough, though, to make a move, and Tim's held on at the line to become the youngest driver to ever win a USAC National Midget feature at just 15 years, 3 months, and 12 days old. But surprisingly, the feature went caution-free with 26 cars in the big show on a bullring like Placerville. Expected there to be at least a few cautions, but the drivers were able to keep it clean, which I think is really commendable. Behind Tim's and Cannon Mac, Justin Grant finished third, Shane Golubic was fourth, and Emerson Axum completed the top five. On top of the race results for the next few nights, there was also a points payout on the line, and according to Wikipedia, Tim's is the points leader by two after night one. In the race for the USAC National Championship, We've had yet another change atop the standings with Chris Windham back on top now of Buddy Kofoid by 13 points. Windham went 10th to 7th last night while Kofoid was buried deep in the field after having to transfer in from a B-main. He ended up 14th after starting 22nd. Tonight at Placerville, they will do it all over again with another 5,000 to win program on the schedule. And then the Saturday 100 lapper will pay $20,000 to the winner with another twelve grand going to the points champion. I still think Larson is the one to watch for the next two nights, but last night definitely showed that there are plenty of other cars that could win this thing come Saturday. Both nights will be live on Flow Racing. If you follow my personal Twitter account, you may have seen me go on a little bit of a rant this morning about dirt racing formats, and something I've talked about before. This was triggered by last night's Hangtown 100 show, but I don't want this to come off as me just blaming the event or USAC or that this is the only problem. This is a systemic problem for all of dirt racing. The formats for some of these series and events are just absolutely 1000% too complicated. I've worked for a sanctioning body before, so more often than not, I'm going to give them the benefit, uh, benefit of the doubt in these situations because I understand how difficult that job really is to do. So between the folks at Placerville, Matt Wood the promoter, and guys like Spridge and Levi Jones at USAC, this is not me coming at them. But we have to do better as a whole. I get that, they, uh, that we want to put on exciting shows and have a ton of action and make things really fun for the fans. But it's a problem when even the diehards aren't sure what's going on through the course of a race night. On a regular basis, tracks and series and sanctioning bodies here are trying to find ways to bring more people through the gates and to get more people to watch online. But having complicated formats is a serious barrier to entry for the casual fan. 
On a weekend when you're going to have Kyle Larson and Chase Elliott in the field, the odds are pretty good that some folks are going to be tuning in who don't normally do so. Let's not drive them off with a format they can't follow. From hot laps all the way through the checkered in the feature, it needs to be as simple as possible. And there also needs to be consistency throughout the season. At no point in any sprint car, midget, modified, late model, or any other show should we need to do complicated algebra or have diagrams available to figure out who is transferring from what position in a heat race into a feature. Simple is the way to go, and the cream will always rise to the top anyway. We must do better. After teasing it for a while, Eldora Speedway finally made the announcement yesterday that the Eldora Million is returning to the track for 2022 in advance of the Dirt Late Model Dream, which takes place June 10th and 11th next year, the Eldora Million will be on track Wednesday and Thursday, June 8th and 9th. The winner of the race will take down $1,002,022, with the track paying out a total of nearly $1.9 million over the four days of racing. The original Eldora Million was won by Donnie Moran in 2001. Obviously, social media was a buzz yesterday after the drop, and you even saw some open-wheel teams and drivers talking about trying to find ways to get involved. Certainly a big commitment from Tony Stewart and Roger Slack to put a deal like this together, and hope the fans and teams will pack the place in support. I think my favorite tweet in response was someone asking Jonathan Davenport if he was going to run for the million, and him responding that he wasn't going to because he was, or he has a, quote, 40 and under volleyball league practice that weekend, unquote. Super funny response. I do think, though, that this announcement brings me back to Wednesday's show when we talked about how big dirt racing should or could get. Tony and the track are not making a contribution or a, char- or a char- charitable donation here with this event. They will need to make up for the purse payout through things like their streaming revenue, sponsorships, and ticket sales. So in this discussion, as purses rise, that money has to come from somewhere. And keep that in mind when drivers and fans start asking how come there isn't a million dollar paying sprint car race or how come there aren't more races like this through the year. I also think it's a big question mark right now for the XR races and series for next year that are supposed to pay a lot of money. Some of those events didn't have huge crowds this season and you can't continue to lose money on events and stay in business going forward. Check out Wednesday's episode for more on that discussion and you can visit eldorospeedway.com for more details on the Eldora Million. Speaking of dates and schedules, the All-Stars released their full 2022 slate of races yesterday. 56 races await the All-Star competitors for next season, with action getting underway at Sonoya in Georgia on February 4th and ending at Fremont on October 7th and 8th. As is customary, the opening nights at Sonoya, Volusia, and East Bay will be non-points events, with the championship chase officially beginning at Attica in April. In between, you'll get all the favorites like the Bob Weikert and Tusky 50 at Port Royal, the Dirt Classic at Lincoln, Ohio Sprint Speed Week, and the Race Rudine Foundation Race, which will still pay $26,000 to the winner, but is moving to I-70 Motorsports Park. Along with the schedule release, the series is upping the points payout nearly 35% to $345,000 total, with the champion now earning a record eighty grand. That's a $15,000 bump from 2021. So between the big events and the points payout, plenty of cheddar is on the line next season for the All-Stars. Did see some complaints about no Indiana racing, but as is often the case, if those races were making money, they wouldn't come off the schedule. Also, it sounds like adding a date at Lernerville is still a work in progress. Lernerville and the Silver Cup Cup are off the outlaw schedule for reasons we've previously discussed. And the All-Stars were the most likely series to kind of fill that gap. 
We'll just have to see how that plays out here between the series and the racetrack. You can see the full rundown of 2022 All-Star races right now at allstarsprint.com. In other news from the past 24 hours, Kevin Kovac posted DirtOnDirt.com that Josh Richards has officially departed the Clint Boyer Racing number 14 Dirt Late Model team. There have been rumblings for a while about the CBR team, and this cements some of those rumors. Clint's brother Casey told Kovac that the team is not shutting down and that they are exploring their options for the future. As for Richards, he's now looking for a new home for the future. With the 14 team for the past three seasons, Richards finished third in the Lucas standings in 2019, fourth in 2020, and a disappointing eighth this year. He ended the season with two wins, but only had 22 top 10 finishes in 45 Lucas starts and just eight top fives. That led to an average finish of about 11.3, which was nearly two positions worse than 2020. Last weekend at Las Vegas, Richards drove a second Boom Briggs entry to a second place finish in Saturday's Big Show. For more on the story, visit DirtOnDirt.com. If you need a late model fix this weekend, don't forget the Extreme Dirt Car Series gets going with stops at Lancaster and Cherokee. Both races are $10,000 to win. Chris Madden has won the championship with the series in each of the last two seasons, so we'll have to see if he's looking to defend. Sounds like the field at Cherokee should be stacked and will include Madden, Brandon Overton, and a nice cast of characters. Saturday's field at Lancaster may be a little bit lighter. We'll just have to see how that plays out as well. If you can't get to the tracks, Dirt Vision will have live coverage both days. You can find more series details at ExtremeDirtCar.com. That's X-T-R-E-M-E DirtCar.com. There are nine shows on the streaming schedule for today with plenty more to come this weekend. Dirt Vision has the Rudiman Memorial from Volusia. Flo has the Hangtown 100, the King of the Sandbox at Southern Raceway, plus racing from Needmore and Central Arizona. There's also racing on Speed Sport, Fast 4, and The Cushion through Sunday. To see the full daily streaming schedule with links to watch, visit dirttracker.com slash watch tonight. That's it for the show today. Hope you have a good Friday and a good weekend. If you have thoughts about the topics on today's show, please leave them in the comments below or tweet at me. Thanks everybody for tuning in this week. We'll be back on Monday for more Dirt Tracker Daily.